Welcome to the Benefits of Knowledge podcast with Lauren Curry of Curry Financial Group Limited. In this podcast, we are focused on helping businesses set up and manage their group benefit plan to protect and assist their most valuable assets. Join us on this journey where Lauren explores ways to help you develop effective and cost-efficient strategies for your business. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome to the Benefits of Knowledge with Lauren Curry. Lauren, how are you today? Just doing fantastic on this beautiful summer weather here in Peterborough, Ontario. Oh, that's fantastic. I, I, I'm excited. You have a special guest on the show today and you've uh, given me the honor of introducing him, so I'm going to get right to it. Uh, today we have Elliot Stone. Elliot is the CEO and co-founder of Alavita, the Canadian market leader in virtual substance use treatment. Alavita has helped over 79% of clients regain control of substance use and 86% reduce in consumption, which those are fantastic numbers. Uh, early in his career, Elliot saw people he loved prevented from getting the help they needed and noticed that when treatment was offered, it was often ineffective or too expensive. Fueled by an empathetic curiosity, Elliot ma has made it his mission to make evidence-based, non-judgmental care available without barriers to people struggling with substance use. Man, uh, Lauren, what a great guest you brought on. I'm really excited to have Elliot here. Um, you know, with the COVID stuff we've gone through, we hear so much on whether it's the, the news, you know, the radio, whatever. Uh, alcohol usage, I think, is up 30 some percent mm. compared to what it was pre-COVID. Uh, there's lots of people need help. And so I'm really excited to talk to Elliot about this. Fantastic. Elliot, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, no, excited to be here. Great. Okay. Again, thank you for me, Elliot. Uh, appreciate you joining us uh, all the way from Vancouver. So I know you're up early this morning to, to help us out. Um, what's, uh, let's just start with Alavita provides virtual care for all substances, no matter the challenge any individual is facing. So that's a really wide range. So why do you do it as substance use? Well, Part of it's just educating educating folks and taking a bit of a different approach. Uh, you know, our mission as a company uh, was was really to to do this differently, like to, to rethink the whole process. Uh, and I think part of that's by reframing what people think of as as addiction or substance use problem, right? When you you mentioned it just a moment ago, you know, uh, you hear about it in the news all the time. And part of the challenge with what we hear in the news all the time is that it's you know, it's mostly geared around opioid deaths. Um, and the reality is, is that that's tragic and, and newsworthy. Um, and, you know, a lot of effort is being put in to, to change things there, but it's not relatable to most people. Uh, you know, unless you know someone who's died of op opioid overdose, um, it's just not, you know, it, it sort of creates an us and them uh, perspective on, on addiction when the reality is, is that the much more common substance is alcohol, as you mentioned. Um, and, you know, in response to COVID, you know, uh, drinking in general is up. I think it's actually 19% broadly and then, you know, 41% specifically among women. Um, and, you know, people are more stressed. They're drinking more. And, and in general, we're as a culture, I think we're uneducated about the harms of alcohol and, you know, personally and to our, our long-term health, but also uh, in the workplace, you know, around productivity, you know, and absenteeism and or long-term disability. I think, you know, everyone who's in this business right now is concerned about the wave of, you know, disability 
cases that are coming once things settle down after the pandemic, sort of the shadow pandemic. Um, and I and I think that that's a very real concern around substance use. Um, and so, you know, part of why we we take a broad approach is to engage people at a much earlier stage, right? The challenge with with employee benefits and uh, you know, the way we handle substance use and, and addiction in the workplace traditionally is that we wait for somebody to be at a critical point, right? We wait for somebody to notice somebody drinking on the job or to have an accident or for somebody to just to say, I can't take this anymore. I need to go, I need to get help, um, which is usually at a point that's quite late, right? Uh, you know, alcohol is the most common substance. Uh, there are other substances, but generally people don't develop a substance use problem overnight. Uh, these are things that you know, develop over years, if not decades, in, in most cases, you know, the average age in our, our programs, like if we look across programs right now at Alavita, I think the average age is close to 50. Um, and so that means that most of these people have been consuming, you know, some substance for three decades. And so you think there's a lot of time that we could be, you know, re-educating or changing somebody's relationship with substance before it becomes a critical sort of disability case. Uh, and that's really what we do at, at Alavita. That's, uh, that's great. So uh, I, I, you just mentioned the opioid thing there. And, and uh, I know here in Peterborough, even the, the council here have, have meetings on how they can you know, help try and fight this addiction. Um, so it, it is in the news here. Uh, but like you said, uh, behind the scenes, the alcohol, you just don't hear about that. And yet it's as you said, it's the most common thing, right? So, yeah, and even and even with opioids, though, there are things you know. If we think about it, there's sort of you know one of the common misconceptions is that you know substance use or people with addiction issues are sort of again those people, right? Uh, homeless, sort of multiple co-occurring mental health issues, um, and you know people in need of real intensive acute care, uh, and. And there's a lot of resources sort of dedicated uh, at helping that population. But what most people don't realize is, and, and, I get, and, and again, I'm not making light of that by any means, uh, there should be probably more resources. And I think that there's always a, a strong need there. But what most people don't realize is that, uh, you know, over 70% of people with, you know, active substance use problems are working full time. Right. And we see this mirrored in our population, uh, you know, from the very beginning when we started, uh, you know, offering intensive sort of alternative care, uh, you know, or alternative treatment services to traditional rehab. You know, most of the people who were engaging were doing it completely confidentially uh, on their own time, and they were all working full time. And what was interesting, Lauren, was that many of them, you know, it's sort of like everyone has an idea of what serious is, but serious or, or intense or, or severe is usually not what's going on with me. I just have a little problem, right? I'm not that, it's not that bad. Um, and the reality is, is when you diagnose people uh, who are, you know, there, there are a lot of people out there who are high functioning, but actually quite severe in their substance use uh, disorder and in need of help. And, and, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they need to leave work immediately. And part of what we've done at Alavita is really to work at, at changing this mindset of, okay, you know, substance use issue uh, identified, uh, go home and await further instruction. 
you know, basically we'll, we'll right. be in touch on, you know, sending you to a specialist and or starting your disability case. And that's if you're, you know, fortunate enough to work for an employer that's large enough to really support that process um, or if the benefits are there. Um, but, you know, the reality is, is that if a workplace problem wasn't existing the day before someone came forward, why should one be existing once they reach out and ask for help? And, and part of the question here is like, why is the employer involved in this at all, right? And, and this is, <clears throat> I actually did a presentation on this recently, just around, you know, the reason why HR is involved in many cases, you know, in some cases, something happens at work. And if it's, if there's a workplace issue or a health and safety issue, um, somebody's intoxicated on the job, or there's an accident, um, those are clearly serious events and should be handled uh, the way that they are handled in safety sensitive organizations. But if somebody's coming forward and saying, hey, you know, I'm concerned about my drinking. Uh, that's somebody reaching out for help. And the reason that they're coming forward to HR or someone else is because there's nothing in their benefits that speaks specifically to the problem that they're having. Um, and, and they don't know where to turn. And that often, it's an interesting challenge because it often then becomes a workplace problem when it wasn't. Uh, right. Does that make sense? Yeah, and, and one of the reasons I was so interested when I uh, was approached by Yolanda from Alavita um, was one of my clients reached out to me where they had had an issue and they were trying to get help for someone. And, uh, you know, trying to get somebody help when they need it now, uh, you know, go home and wait for four or five months till we can get you in somewhere. It's, it's just not working, right? So, so yeah. that's... Yeah, Probably. I was going to say, uh, Lauren, think about, um, it's, it's important uh, to sort of, it's almost two conversations, really. Like, the conversation that we're having as part of, you know, our Hello Trail uh, premium service that we sell as a, as a you know, a build-in and, and group plans is a pre-disability option, again, to sort of identify people before those critical events happen and get them, you know, multidisciplinary evidence-based care that really speaks to exactly what's going on with them, Right. Um, right. and, and does it 100% confidentially without involving the employer or anybody else. Just like if you had carpal tunnel or you twisted your ankle, um, those are things that you deal with through your benefits uh, and, and no one in, in your place of work really needs to know uh, specifically what's going on with your health. And, but the difference there between that and, and really at Alavita, we serve a full spectrum, again, across substance and across uh, you know, severity. Um, and, and that that includes those issues like you mentioned where, you know, again, something's happened at work or they're, you know, somebody's shown up intoxicated or they're in, in critical point where other people are involved, whether that's a caseworker, you know, an EAP or HR or, or a manager. <clears throat> and in those cases, we handle them a bit differently. Um, they're obviously more intensive. Uh, they tend to be doctor led. Uh, and, and we really, you know, we take somebody through all the same sort of uh, process that those safety sensitive organizations will be used to. In other words, you know, there's a, uh, a specialist assessment done, a recommendation, and then treatment follows. Um, but the difference is that we're able to do it much faster. We're able to do it uh, either 100% virtually or in cooperation sometimes with, uh, you know, a collaboration with a, a local care team if needed. Um, and we're able to do it for a longer period of time that really sets them up for success. So we're not just saying, okay, remove them from the work, um, from the workplace and, and then, you know, give them intensive treatment and then put them back into the workplace and then we're done. Instead, we take them through the specialist assessment, um, 
into the treatment and then return them to work while they're still getting the support of treatment ongoing for a significant period, usually months. Um, so it really sets them up for a successful return to work, which is, um, again, even in the cases where people have the most um, intensive care, uh, you know, uh, so unionized uh, workers or, and so forth that, you know, do get sent to these inpatient rehab facilities, oftentimes the aftercare is where it's really not, um, the follow through isn't there in many cases. Right. And, and this is an area where we really, uh, again, have changed the paradigm of, of how we offer this treatment in the sense that it's a lot longer in duration and we can support someone as they return to work, uh, again, confidentially through their smartphone in a way that's comfortable for them and that makes their you know manager and their coworker feel you know more comfortable um, you know bringing them back into the workplace because it's a challenge. Uh, right. But just uh, sorry, I wanted to just separate those two because it's they are treated very differently and we have two sort of different products for those. Um, but we can speak to sort of the entire world of, of substance use. Okay, now that sounds, and I can just imagine the importance of that long-term support, you know? It's like when you have one of these issues, it just doesn't get fixed. It's, uh, it's that long-term support that's gonna make that the person successful. Like, that sounds great. Yeah, yeah and so, it's, it's, it is, Sorry, Lauren, it, it's just taking that, uh, like you say, it's, it's a chronic care approach, really, um, in, in the sense that, you know, it's funny because substance use and addiction has really gone through so many things culturally over the past decade. You know, we, there was a, a long, hard fight to, to actually have it validated as a medical condition, you know, years and years ago. And then we've, you know, now gone down this path of, so it's a chronic condition as well. But the, the thing is, we haven't actually... I don't think we've fully treated it that way because we know how to deal with chronic disease. Uh, you know, there are a lot of great examples of where, you know, especially employee benefits have been very successful in, in, in being a very big part of, of changing, um, you know, how chronic disease impacts a population like, you know, Canada, Canada wide. If you look at things like diabetes uh, or hypertension and others where, you know, um, employee benefits and employers and plan sponsors have played a huge role in, in really changing uh, long-term health of those populations by, by, um, you know, offering, offering benefits that really get to them earlier and, and really change that, uh, disease for them to, uh, you know, one that can be, uh, not life-threatening in many cases. And, but we haven't taken that same approach with substance use. And at Alavita, we do this in a way where, you know, once somebody interacts with us once, you know, if we're included in their group benefits or we have a sort of a, a relationship with their employer, basically as long as they're working there and they're willing to talk to us, you know, even after they've completed their initial treatment, um, we're going to sort of stay in touch with them. And it's just keeping a door open so that, hey, you know, the next time something happens in your life and, and maybe things are slightly off balance, uh, you know, that substance use isn't the, the, the door they turn to and they don't miss five days of work before they get help again uh, because you know things happen right you can you can be totally stable you know you're you went from sort of drinking heavily to maybe occasionally consuming alcohol and then you know you get in a car accident or your dog dies or something throws your your norm off or a pandemic hits right, um, right. and uh, and and it's really about just having them have a place where they know that people understand what's going on with them um, they respect their privacy and have the tools and sort of the understanding of their personal health that can really guide them back to a stable position um, 
without them having to sort of uh, hit that valley. Great, great. So, well, we've already talked a whole bunch about uh, the things that Alavita does. Um, is there anything else you think you'd like to summarize about how Alavita works, or do you think we've covered most of that? Um, yeah, maybe I'll just touch on like the actual components and how the the journey works for just a moment. Um, which okay. is, you know, if someone when we implement a uh, you know our trail platform, basically we are. Um, offering a confidential door for someone to, you know, part of this is we, we do a launch campaign uh, when we when we start with a plan sponsor and really support a different kind of outreach. Again, this is instead of talking about, you know, smoke-filled church basement or, you know, your life is over professionally and personally and you need to get help now, um, this sort of down and out kind of addiction uh, marketing, we're really talking about a much more relatable uh, issue sort of you know are your Friday nights getting in the way of your Saturday mornings are you know are you afraid that you've gone from social drinker to solo drinker right something that you know a lot of people are concerned about or have a loved one at home that they're concerned about uh, and we get broad engagement on these so you know we just did a, a launch across uh, you know in the tens of thousands uh, this group was quite large and had um, you know over 20 percent engagement on our initial launch campaign which is just people logging on, sharing their experience of how they're coping with the pandemic, how substance use plays a role in that, and really learning about the differences in what treatment looks like. Again, what we're doing is we're taking a population and reframing them away from this sort of smoke-filled church basement that we all conjure in our mind when we think about addiction treatment into right. a world of doctors and therapists available on my smartphone, um, you know, and, and totally confidential and able to help me uh, get better. Um, and the components are really, you know, each each person's journey through the trail once they engage in the actual service, uh, the trail is unique to them. So what substance they're using, how severe it is, what kind of content they like. And as we learn more about them, we actually change that, uh, their, their path through the technology um, by, you know, by listening to what they're telling us. Um, but there's a care team there. So we have doctors, therapists, and coaches on, on our team. And, and depending on... Uh, how the case presents and uh, what a person needs. It could be all or any one of those uh, on their care team. Um, and we're really combining that, like, you know, that care team. So a doctor and a therapist working behind the scenes, actually looking at the same information. So everyone using our system from the clinical side is, is looking at the same thing that the patient's looking at, which really creates a, a more of an open dialogue. Um, and then there's not a lot of room for miscommunication because everyone's reading from the same song sheet, if you will. And right. it's true collaborative medicine, which is we hear this. There's, there are a lot of overused words in healthcare and benefits. Um, collaborative care is one of them. Uh, everybody right. says it, but uh, I really feel strongly about um, the way that we actually put that to work at, in, in Alavita. Great. Okay. So one of the questions that comes up first thing to me, and I know my clients think about. Um, they'll say to me, well, Lauren, I already have an EAP, an employee assistance program. So, but I'm, you know, I try and explain, well, but Alavita is different. So how do you, how does that work with an EAP? Yeah, we think of ourselves as kind of EAP adjacent um, in a sense that, you know, while EAP is broad and shallow in most cases, again, EAP providers uh, tend to vary. Um, we are, you know, 
we own the entire space of substance use and we're quite um, deep in a sense that we own this category and, and can take someone from, hey, maybe I have an issue to I'm, I no longer have an issue and I'm back at work and productive or I stayed at work the whole time. Um, but we can take them from sort of start to finish on, on this issue. And, you know, I don't think there's a single uh, company that we've uh, rolled out that's not also got an EAP. And so we can set up a referral relationship where, you know, EAP is designed to detect and triage. Uh, and it's sort of short, um, like brief intervention if they can. And oftentimes it with, if substance use appears uh, for EAP, it's an immediate sort of referral out to services, oftentimes public services that come with those wait lists that you're talking about uh, earlier. Um, and so what we would do is just make sure that Alavita is on there. If, if that EAP, you know, if this person is working for that employer and there's an EAP and then they also have Alavita, when they're getting that referral out, okay, and you also have this option in front of you. And I think that one of the challenges for EAP is because they are broad and shallow, um, you know, substance use is something that's hard for people to come forward about, right? And if you don't have a flag or, you know, a clear message that's relatable to me that tells me that you understand me and that you are going to be um, educated with what I need. Uh, oftentimes, people don't start the conversation, um, and right. so you know, industry reports for EAP in terms of picking up substance use issues are not great um, because we know that you know overall this is a problem that impacts about 10% of any given population right now and 21% over a lifetime. Um, and the numbers on EAP are nowhere near that. So it's about uh, part of what we bring as a, uh, you know, as a specific um, solution is we put a flag in the ground for this issue that tells people that there is something for them, that they don't have to talk to HR, that they don't have to go to EAP. Um, but if they do, there's a, there's a way to flow through to something that's specifically for this um, and, and that kind of... Um, again, pulls them into a conversation with themselves, educates them about substance use in a way that's really not done uh, elsewhere. Okay, very good. Yeah, so very specific and, and targeted. So, um, okay, so looking from an employee standpoint now, so how are you going to engage people? Uh, so maybe I don't know I have a problem or I don't think I have a problem because, you know, I just, I only have so many glasses of wine or whatever the case is. So how do you engage those people uh, to even get them into this conversation? Yeah, and this is a, I mean, we spend a lot of time here and I think this is, we have the benefit of, of cutting our teeth on, on direct to consumer. So we serve the public still, but we started in that world where we were, you know, selling direct to people privately who were paying privately um, and their expectations are quite high and how you, you know, uh, reach those people is, a, is, a, is quite challenging as well. And so I think we've applied all of that learning um, now within organizations in a sense of, you know, like we just did a, the, the rollout that I was referring to a moment ago uh, where, you know, we rolled out to over 30,000 individuals and we didn't have a single piece of, of negative feedback. And substance use is a prickly issue. So generally speaking, if you roll out to a large population and you're communicating about substance use, we, all, we used to, you know, in times past, you'd hear something back, uh, but not a single piece of negative feedback tells us that we know how to speak about this in a way that pulls people out. Again, we had over 20% of people engaging with the, with the campaign, um, but at the same time, doesn't create these sort of friction points between 
uh, employee and plan sponsor or, you know, different uh, mindsets of employees around this issue. And I think part of that, Lauren, is really just, again, making it more relatable. Uh, and we even use humor. I mean, this is a podcast, so I can't sort of pitch up any visuals here, but we have some some pretty relatable, humorous um, posters and things that we can use to really get people's attention to say, hey, what's this Alavita thing all about? Um, and it really, you know, and then and then short, um, you know, small actions that they can take. You know, the campaign isn't, you know, you know, sign up for this treatment service today. Like, it's just not the way that we start the conversation. It's more, you know, uh, have a cup of coffee on us or, or um, fill out this questionnaire about, you know, understand better what, what risky use of alcohol looks like, or um, you know how how your your what things in your life you use to cope with stress, and and it's really starting them on a conversation that you know not only asks questions of them because we sort of get a five to ten minute questionnaire, but we're also feeding information back to them. So it's like you know, did you know that you know you just filled this question out that says you're drinking you know I don't know uh, five glasses of alcohol a day or five units um, uh, three times a week. And, and that actually, you know, among your uh, peers, that puts you in the sort of 85th percentile or whatever. You know, that kind of feedback information uh, for people can really be eye-opening. Um, and particularly, we're starting this conversation oftentimes around alcohol or cannabis, which are legal s- substances that are, again, more approachable. They have less stigma. They still have stigma, but they have less stigma than, say, opioids or other other um substances and and we're educating them about uh what harmful use looks like um and or what the long-term health indications are right i think that this stuff is changing all the time the research is really even since we started alavita you know six years ago uh the research has come a long way uh you know it's not a secret that alcohol is a group one carcinogen and a causal factor in over 60 diseases and, and and disorders um and, and I don't think most people know that. Uh, it, it's pretty eye-opening when you get into it. I mean, particularly for women, if you look at just the linkages between uh, alcohol and breast cancer, and, and even alcohol consumption at a fairly low level. Again, at the low-risk levels, it's still a, a, a significant um, uptick in the risk for breast cancer. And so just doing specific campaigns, we do multiple campaigns throughout a year. Uh, with our plans and we are also always producing this sort of thought leadership content again it's not about like hey sign up for this service today it's about education and then you know encouraging people to rethink the way that you know to sort of step away from their traditional idea of what treatment looks like and to understand where the door to Alavita service is whether that's for them or for a spouse or or a dependent at home because remember a lot of times you know from the plan sponsor perspective, it might not be someone in your workforce, but if someone who who's working for you has someone with a significant substance use issue at home, whether it's a child or or a spouse, um, you know that's a huge drag on their productivity. They need support as well, and we actually offer uh, specific programming for that as well. That's included in our um, in our Hello Trail premium package. So you know, supporting a a loved one in their journey of supporting someone else at home and maybe getting them into treatment, but maybe not, you know, maybe just supporting them uh, because they're dealing with a lot in supporting that, that person at home. Wow. That's, uh, that's fantastic. That sounds like just a great approach to me. Um, I, I guess I'd be, uh, 
maybe alarm bells that go off if you told me that I was in the, the 85th percentile of uh, alcohol consumption of everybody in the company. So, <laughs> yeah, so good. Yeah, and, um, we, and, and I should say a caveat there, Lauren, being we don't do that for obviously for uh, companies of five or ten. Um, these are, you know, we're able to provide that feedback uh, when we do larger groups because uh, we get uh, enough sample size to provide anonymity. Right. Yeah. It's got to be private. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. 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 So there's five of us in the office here. So yeah, I'd be wondering how you come up with 85. <laughs> percent But anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, exactly. Okay. So um, all right. So for companies, um, what do you think is their biggest challenge that they face uh, as far as you know trying to change their approach? Because it's been the same for years and years, right? Uh, there's a, like we said, there's an issue. We end up okay. You can't come to work. We gotta. You gotta go somewhere. So they need to change their approach to this. So what's the biggest challenge to making this change? Yeah, I think about it in sort of. I, I would put employers into two groups, um, and and it's sort of the safety sensitive and and the not. Um, and, and I think that the the challenge with those who aren't in a you know a safety sensitive um, environment is just uh, it's just taking a step back and and. and um, not getting involved in these cases and i think and and i think overcoming the stigma of even talking about it right the th the weird thing about stigma lauren is that it's everywhere um in a sense that you know if you have a problem there's stigma uh if you um but also if you're thinking about having a conversation with your workforce i mean we have a lot of plant sponsors uh who are who say things like, you know, I don't really want to, you know, make it look like we have this problem. And it's like, well, statistically speaking, everybody has this problem. If you have more than, you know, again, three people working with you, odds are you've got somebody with a substance use issue. Um, and so I think it's overcoming the stigma of just talking about this broadly. The way you overcome stigma is to offer solutions broadly, not to offer them to the three people who need them because they're in crisis. Um, right. You know, you don't give a benefit and say, this is for you, Carol and Steve, right? You need to talk to the whole organization about what substance use looks like. Um, and and I think that our, you know, for us at Alavita, what we try and do to help organizations overcome that is to just take them out of it or to support them entirely so that, you know, the all of the communication pieces, we have all of that stuff. We can help them have that conversation. That's our specialty. Um, and, and sort of remove them from it. Uh, and I think that it's just about uh, actually actually taking a step forward and being a bit bold and, and saying, hey, this is an issue that's really on the rise and there are modern solutions that will help you confidentially. And we've taken the step of, of really making sure that that's offered to you as part of a progressive benefits offering that we have. Um, and then I think on the other side of it, you know, in a safety sensitive organization, it's really there, there are a lot of um, gears that are already grinding away in a sort of a very um, uh, set process on how these cases are handled. And I think that, you know, to the credit of a lot of those organizations that we've rolled out with uh, over the past year or two, um, you know, some of the biggest change makers are actually in those organizations because they see that it's not working. Um, because in some cases this can be punitive, um, and in, in most cases it's again it's only at the at the at the basically nothing happens until there's an active disability case, and that's really you know for a safety sensitive environment, it, you know if you have a substance use issue arise that issue didn't become risky when you found out about it. They were there yesterday and the day before and last week and probably for the past few years 
using substance that eventually got them to the point that they got on your radar. But the question is, what are you doing before they're on your radar? And, and the reality is, is when we talk about substance use, there's sort of, for every one case that you see, there's sort of eight or nine cases that are percolating in a population headed towards that at some point in the future. And in a safety sensitive organization, that's potentially an accident. Uh, you know, it, it's something that's um, obviously detrimental to the organization. But there's this idea that we have to take all of these people who have like, you know, as soon as an issue is, is uh, recognized, we have to put them uh, off work and and treat them a certain way. And that actually contributes to the lack of people coming forward in many cases. And so I right. think there's a there's a bit of a different hurdle with safety sensitive. And this is in those organizations, how we help is by, you know, making sure that they are comfortable and that we can do all of the things that they are concerned with, you know, all the basics um, and the, the sort of assessments and, and the monitoring pieces. Um, we don't do monitoring ourselves, but we can work with those systems um, to make them feel comfortable and, and safe. Um, and, but at the same time, we can start to help them uh, change the curve, right? We can help them engage with people in a, you know, purely confidential way through us uh, and drive down those incidents over time. Uh, and really engage people who, who maybe never have an incident, who just could be more productive and healthier. Um, and so I think that there, there are slightly different um, flavors of, 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 of challenges, um, but I think that there, you know, nothing like a pandemic to bring people's awareness uh, to, to this issue. And I think that from our experience, these conversations are almost night and day now versus sort of three years ago uh, in a sense of, people's realization that that something has to change in the way that we deal with this problem in the workplace uh in safety sensitive organizations and otherwise right i i, I think you're 100 percent right on this is going to be much easier to bring up now because everywhere you turn with this covid uh pandemic we're in the middle of uh, you know the you the employer you're not the only one talking about it uh other people are it's on the news as i said and everything else so that, that just sounds fantastic. I do know, uh, Elliot, I am uh, going to certainly be introducing Alavita to all of our clients. And uh, I'm certainly hoping there's a, a lot of other, whether it's companies or, you know, uh, employers that are listening to us, uh, whether it's other advisors that are listening to us, if they're not aware of you. Um, but I just think the work that you're doing is outstanding. So, uh, I'd you know, really like to thank you for coming and sharing this. I know we could probably uh, sit here and talk for <laughs> a couple more hours, uh, but you know, we, uh, we yeah, no. obviously can't take that long in one, one podcast. So um, this has been fantastic. Yeah, any, any last words you'd like to, to put out there before we bring Eric back? No, I think it's been fun, and I'd, I'd love to do it again. Um, and, and I hope that, it, you know, as you put this out there, if, if people have questions or, uh, or if you get specific questions, happy to work through those with you as well. This is an area where we're um, uh, very proactive in, in uh, helping people understand what the challenge is and, and how they can change things in their organization. So just happy to help and, uh, and look forward to more conversations like this one.
All right, that's that sounds good, and and I I do know I've already had conversations with a, a couple of our larger employers. Um, we're trying to get your land in front of them for uh, you know a virtual presentation to, to get more details and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's great. Um, I can't thank you enough for sharing it, and I look forward. Maybe we can do this again. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks, Lauren. Right. If uh, anyone in our audience is looking for more information on Alavita, how it can fit in, you know, with what you're currently doing, or if you're perhaps you don't have any programs, please feel free just to reach out to my office. Our toll-free number is one eight six six four four five four four two four. Uh, obviously, we'll be able to get you more information. Uh, we can give you uh, an introduction. Uh, I mentioned Yolanda's name, and she's more than happy to go through the program in more detail, uh, answer any questions you have. And there's no obligation there, but I really, uh, I think uh, anybody with some interest in here should reach out. Fantastic. Guys, this was a great podcast. Um, Lauren, thank you so much for bringing Elliot on. Elliot, I got to say, I was... Uh, I was really happy that I was muted uh, for, for part of this interview because when you uh, said, you know, you, you really don't want to call people out and say, hey, Carol and Steve, this is for you. I literally snorted because I could <laughs> picture their faces uh, if, if somebody was to do that, if their employer to call them out on the carpet about it. Um, but uh, that, that's why you, you brought that up. This is confidential and it's a, it's a great program. I love what you guys are doing. I'm just echoing what Lauren said. Uh, what, a, what a beautiful job you guys are doing over there addressing this very, very difficult issue. So thank you so much for being on the show. And of course, Lauren, thank you for bringing him on the show. And our last thank you always goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Benefits of Knowledge podcast with Lauren Curry. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Lauren comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your colleagues. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Curry Financial Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Benefits of Knowledge podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available.